Now on BBC One, a chance to get away from it all with a trip to the Canaries, where Jill Dando welcomes you to this week's holiday. getting away from the British weather well stay with us because tonight I'm in the Canary Islands and with temperatures here warm enough for t-shirt and shorts virtually all through the winter and being only four hours away by plane then it makes for a very convenient winter break. I'll be visiting two of the islands here the bustling resorts on Gran Canaria and the more remote Nagamera still relatively untouched by tourism. Also in the show tonight Eamon Holmes. Explore the mysteries of the Orient on our Far Eastern tour, the second prize in the holiday competition. Travel writer Frank Barrett takes his family boating on the Norfolk Broads. And timeshare touts, can you stop them spoiling your holiday? Hello everybody and welcome to a very special episode of the Purple podcast. I am George Thompson as ever and I am joined by David Forrest. How are you doing David? Hi, yeah, I'm alright. I'm doing well. Well, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, Ian McCall is at the helm. Boris is going to jail. <laughs> you know what? What could be better in life? I, I mean, we, we may be dating ourselves in uh, this, but like, I think Boris Johnson has done like, I mean, several things in his life that um, no. uh, would send him to jail. So, I mean, if if we end up releasing this in a couple of months, like, he'll probably have done something else by no, then that's so. uh, gonna get him thrown in the slammer. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, basically, why we're doing this uh, episode, you might have noticed on your uh, description on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever that uh, it is not a numbered episode; it's a special bonus episode. And the reason being is that uh, David and I have uh, just got back from some trips abroad. That's right, everyone. It is one of those episodes where two white men talk about their holidays. So if you're uh, not here for that, then, uh, you know, piss off or something. But um, in mitigation, uh, we both did take in some wrestling on our holidays. I went to New York and uh, David went to Tokyo, uh, very excitingly. So um, I, guess we'll, I guess we'll just start with uh, start with mine and... Uh, uh, sort of build up to the uh, main event of like the guy who actually went to Japan yeah. to see some uh, pur rather than the fucking weird shit that uh, I ended up seeing. Well, I so, think I may put the, uh, you should put the cover photo of this as that picture of you trying to plug your razor into one of those ungodly Czechoslovakian outlets. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like uh, it was. Um, I mean, so uh, I went. Yeah, I went to New York. It was. Uh, uh, fucking great, New, New York, good place to visit, IMO, spicy take, and um, did, uh, <laughs> did rather a lot of good stuff uh, in um, uh, in the evenings. So went to a uh, went to a big band gig that Sarah absolutely hated, so that was uh, that was uh, excellent. Um, it was one of those where it was just like I, th- I thought big band would be fairly safe. It's not some weird. Yeah trio where it's like some sleeve of mod shit where like half of them are playing laptops and um so it's like a okay, big band fairly safe probably be doing like swing and stuff like Ba-na-na-na-na. 30 seconds <laughs> hey you can how can you hate that <laughs> 30 seconds into the uh first song i was like i've made a huge mistake <laughs> this is it's like when you showed us stuart lee all over again i i did something equally as as poor as yourself with that because i went to see him um, it's a band tour from tokyo 
that I've loved for years called Butcher ABC. Oh, like yes, I remember you telling me. Yeah, if you're hideous, like, death metal band to, uh, to describe to the listeners, that if Carcass and Bolt 4 had a love child, uh, and they were Japanese, and they were amazing, I absolutely had the time of my life. I don't know if my wife did, though. But <laughs> it was in an I office. I <laughs> It was in an office. So, like, basically, like, all, this, this will become a recurring theme, but all... Uh, the space in Tokyo, like rent is incredibly, um, incredibly high in Tokyo. So basically, a lot of, they're all office blocks and they're all rented out for really, really weird things. Um, but one of them was um, a record shop, and underneath it they had they had an office that they turned into like a gig venue. Uh, but it was literally as in like a room in an office <laughs> with a stage. But it was it was wonderful. But, I mean that that sounds incredible to be fair. So like uh, we went to a jazz gig. Um, went to some baseball, which I understand you uh, went to see the uh, the Nippon Ham Fighters, the, uh, <laughs> the Brave Fighters fight. of Ham yeah. at the uh, Tokyo. Do, do you do you like do you follow baseball at all, or did you just go because it was like something to do? Um, I, I don't I don't necessarily follow baseball. I have a team. I I, su- I support the Toronto Blue Jays. However, that's oh, just purely right. because um, post wrestling. Um, they're from Toronto, and they and every time like the Blue Jays get far and that they, they get swept up in it. So you 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 have weeks where they're like following the Blue Jays and all that. So I end up watching them whenever they're on the TV or whatever if they get far in the playoffs. And that I have a rough handle on the rules, but I I don't. It's not a particularly exciting game. <laughs> like you know, it's all right, but it's not something I have to follow. The reason I went is to be honest. This is going to sound incredibly sad, right? Really, really sad. I am a massive geek for stadium architecture. Just, <laughs> that absolutely does, yes. And um, I just wanted to go to Tokyo, though. I mean, so, going to the Tokyo Dome is like, I mean, I, I know I know people who um, went to the Tokyo Dome, like, for baseball, like, who've not, never watched wrestling in their lives, but they're like, it's a pretty fucking well, cool building. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like, well, it was exactly that, that. It was kind of half I wanted to go to the Tokyo Dome. I did a Rainmaker pose outside and everything. It was grand. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and, uh, yeah, I wanted to go to the Tokyo Dome, and I wanted to actually go inside, but I, you can't actually just, you know, walk in. It's not like, you know, fucking those pictures in the Faroe Islands where you can just turn up and have a shot with a ball or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so I was like, right, well, I want to go inside, see what it's like in that, and the baseball was on. Uh, the ham fighters are playing there. They used to play there, so it was quite, it was quite interesting. They used to play there, and then they left about five, ten years ago. Yeah, I was going to say that is a team from Hokkaido, as far yeah, as I know. So basically, the supporters over they play is hosting the rugby. So oh, okay, that were, explains it. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I didn't know it first, yeah. but as well as it was the last ever game of the like a guy who's been there for like eighteen years oh, um, at the Tokyo Dome. For them, so he had a big send off. I got a free t shirt and everything of like his last game and all that. So, yeah, it was <laughs> that's amazing. It was, yeah, it was really good. And what was his name? Sho Nagata because I just thought of Sho Tanaka and Yuji Nagata. Uh, that, that, that sounds like a thrown together like world tag league team where it's like okay neither of you are doing anything yeah exactly uh, but yeah so no, I know I love it and I would say if, if you are a fan of the Scran right if you are into your food my fucking god by the way the Tokyo Dome I, I think there's 136 games in a season and you could feasibly go to every game every home game to so say 83 uh, no that's not right that's um, 68 yeah, 68, that's right. 68 home games. You could go to every single one of them and have a different dinner each day. 
Jesus Christ, that, like, is, that is incredible. Meanwhile, I um no like, no pies though no pies. Um. I don't know if they go for pies in Japan. Meanwhile, I had I paid five dollars for a pretzel that was so dry I think it literally sucked all of the moisture <laughs> out of my mouth. Who did, who were they playing? Who who did you go see? Uh, I saw the uh, New York Yankees. Was, mm. I'm, I mean, I'm, the John Cena of baseball. Yeah, that is actually what um, Sarah said to me because she was. I was sort of explaining to what the Yankees deal is, and I was like, "Yeah, they've got the most money out of any of the teams, and they like buy loads of good players." And she was like, "Have you brought me to a Man City game? Is that what is that, is that what's <laughs> happening here?" Um, and uh, yeah, so, so I'm, I'm a Mets fan, but I've seen the Mets before uh, at their stadium, so I went to see the Yankees this time, and they're playing the LA Angels and won eight nil. So it was a it was a pretty um, pretty one sided game, but like. It wasn't even like especially exciting because like six of the runs came in the same inning. Oh right, okay. I See, like, ours was kind of similar in that I think like the hand fighters were up like five one until the second the second last inning. Oh the the seventh inning, and then like the Rakuten Golden Eagles um coach scored like two, and then that was just everyone kind of just realised that was it. But, yeah, yeah, but basically like um. Uh, also there was there's quite because I basically I said to Sarah I was like look the rules to this aren't that complicated like I can probably explain you them in like you know half uh, half an hour probably so like <laughs> I told her about like all the like basically like how many balls makes a walk and like where when you're when a foul is a strike and when it's not and and stuff like that but and then basically um in the fourth inning one of the Yankees batters like uh, like absolutely creamed the first pitch he faced for a home run and like they scored three off it and everyone was up and uh, and Sarah basically thought it was a foul cuz mm. uh, she was like well he's hit it it's gone out it's gone out the stadium so basically i i had just assumed she knew what a home run was and yeah. like so basically, i basically explained all these like fairly sort of like more abstruse ideas of baseball. I was like, ah, oh, home run. Every everyone fucking knows. So that is basically it was like a, a really cool mode. Like, what was going on? What's what? Why are they cheering? Um, did you did you have baseball ultras as well? Um, we had a not really. We had a there was a guy behind us who was like the the thickest Boston accent I've ever heard. And I think he had just come to boo the Yankees. <laughs> Like I don't think he was an LA Angels fan. It's like those, so like those guys who follow uh, Rosenberg around Europe and and specifically pick uh, buy tickets for the other the other team because they hate <laughs> Rosenberg. You ever heard of this? There's no, like a there's like a, a, a conglomerate of like Norwegian football fans who just fucking hate Rosenberg and they follow them about Europe, just cheating the other team. Like very very Scotland against like if it's anyone but England, but they they do it for Rosenberg, so maybe maybe he's got it from there. But uh, no, we we had the most polite baseball ultras ever. So basically, what happened was is that you had a section on the left hand side and a section on the right hand side, and whenever it was the ham fighters innings, the ham fighters would drum and sing and jump up and down and stuff like that and then when their inning finished they sat down and they like the golden eagles and then they did it for their inning and then they sat <laughs> down and then like they just took turns for each inning where like when um when when they were on bat they sang and then when they were the pitching they, they sat down it was it was amazing it was it was so much fun um, oh, I, 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 I love that. I mean, like, there was a pretty good atmosphere around the place because the Yankees, like, were, like, top of their division by nine games. I think they only needed to win, like, two more. Um, so, basically, it was... it was 
it's quite nice to watch a, a, a sports team that um, is like on top of the world. Like it must be nice anyway. Like um, I don't know. Like uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a Leeds United fan, so uh, yeah. I mean, I, I just like to see somebody win. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. Just just one win. That's all I. Just ask. one. That's all. That's all we have. I'm, I mean, in baseball, like you, your team can win forty nine games in a season and be rock fucking bottom of the league. <laughs> Pretty much, um, yeah, it's, it's quite mad. But I mean, like, must be. I am. Um, I also get a bit swindled um, with my uh, my baseball tickets because we turned up the day before. I mean, actually, I wanted to go to the. Yomiuri, oh, the, is it the Yomiuri Giants? Yomiuri Giants, yeah, yeah. That, which is like the sort of, basically the Japanese equivalent of the New York Yankees. It's the team Giant Barber used to play for. Yeah. And they're, they're pretty much like Man U is in that they have loads of fans, but like the people who don't support them fucking hate them. Yeah, pretty much. Aye, they're, aye, they're basically like either uh, the Auckland Lake Talbot of Japanese baseball. Um, the, um, hey, what is it? Ah, yeah, we went the day before and was like, oh, we'll buy a ticket for the Giants game. And it turned up, nope, completely sold out. I was like, right, fuck, fine. And they're like, the ham fighters are playing tomorrow. So, all right, okay. And he says, we've got some tickets left. All right, okay. It's the royal seat. I'm like, oh, Jesus, here we go. <laughs> um, and it was, I'm trying to figure out how much it was. Uh, probably about 45 quid each. Ooh. but there was a really really good seat right behind the plate so as in like right behind the pitch uh, the batter and all that so and it was a perfect view and really comfy seats and stuff like that it was near your plastic restricted view park head shite um it was a proper good seat and it's quite good because like baseball's quite long and um, she can't sit down in the one place for ages so um so like she has to get up and walk about and all that so it was but it was a dead comfy seat and that's why she was dead happy i was i was very much uh, worried about taking her to sumo hall because it's infamously awful if you don't like oh, sitting down yeah, there that's, um, that's right. but um yeah uh, I, we got them and it was really really good seats and then when we were coming out we went to TGI Fridays. That's just, oh, that's just the, the done thing when you go to the dome, I think. Um, so, sorry, uh, were you in Sumo Hall for the Sumo? No, we did go to Sumo Hall, but um, it turns out that you basically need to be on a four-year waiting list or some bullshit. <laughs> like, you're not getting tickets to the Sumo under any circumstances, basically. <laughs> like, see, if you're planning to go to Japan, buy them now. Like, as in, <laughs> like now. <laughs> because, yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. You can get them through like tourist agencies and all that, but they absolutely rinse you, and it's like a full walking tour and all that. Oh Jesus! Uh, but yeah, put it this way: the tickets went on sale at seven, and um, I turned up, and they were like, "Look, well, you can you can try your luck tomorrow, but the, you'll probably be able to be here for about quarter past five. I was like, "What? Quarter past five in the morning?" you might get a ticket and I was like no it's fine it's alright we'll, we'll just leave it but I, I did take some pictures and all that and walk around and uh, had a wee look and we went to the train station next door to it um, they have a sumo ring there and it's like a they, they've built the old train station into like a sort of pop up shop sort of thing so it's like 12 restaurants and, that, and there's a sumo ring in the middle and all that so I took a bunch of pictures and all that, with that. So it is, it, is it one way you can just can you just come and have a go no 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 they were like, really, if you've got but, a friend um, can you just I, get in there I thought they were um, I thought they were missing a trick and see if you got like the the say, say you're your non-league sumo 
you know, your, the Ashfields of the world, you know what I mean? Yeah, there like, must be a sumo, like, like, a sumo evolve, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, right, and I, I, I did end up going down the rabbit hole of looking into amateur sumo just to see how far, how far the pyramid goes, but, um, like, surely if you were in a, if you were like, an amateur sumo guy, surely, if you could, they, they could just pay, like, two non-league sumo guys to have a match each day, do you know what I mean? Or, like, just to have an alternate thing where they're getting a wee bit of money, and, like, you can turn up at 2pm every day and there'll be a sumo match or whatever, do a wee bit of pageantry and all that. I thought, and, like, people people would absolutely go for that. I'm and, sure, I'm sure there were, I'm sure there's, like, some sort of ceremonial rules of the sumo association that would uh, forbid such a thing. Women yeah. as well, that's the other, that's the other uh, yeah, yeah. thing that I'll do like, doing sumo. Wasn't that a guy who had, like, a heart attack in a sumo ring and his wife wasn't allowed in because, like, no, you can't go in, women aren't allowed in the ring. He's like, my husband is literally having a heart attack right now. Yeah, I did see that, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like so, I I don't know. I I feel that they're on uh, they're missing a trick. That they could easily have done some the, sort the, of the sumo association. Asked them what out of step with the modern world spicy take. <laughs> the blazers and the Japanese sumo association clinging <laughs> on to their their secretary position. But, your, um, your Brian Barwicks and your Andy Croziers. <laughs> but um, yeah, so. Yeah, uh, so probably so we talk about oh yeah, so we, um when we went to TGI Fridays afterwards, um we uh I, I was googling because I was trying to figure out why they had this, had this game in the Tokyo Dome, and I was looking at it and they're like oh, uh, foreign nationals uh, get a free ticket to the Hokkaido game today and I'm like oh, oh, what? I paid like forty five quid for that, but then again I got a shitty plastic seat. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like oh fair enough, but it was it was a good day out like. It, it was worth it, but um, yeah, it was just kind of like a bit stinging to know that they were probably giving me a free ticket. I had to just show my passport and then they dad gave me one. Um, I saw the uh, New York Philharmonic do a, a sort of like, um, I guess, play along with the soundtrack of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which was, uh, that was really good. And um, I went to a musical, got some uh, half price tickets, which cost £55 each. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Fucking, being in London, isn't yeah. it? London it, prices. Um, yeah, London prices, but like what you were paying London is the discount in uh, in New York. Is um was it like non-league Broadway or is it what would you go see? Oh we, no, it was actually like sort of fairly major one. We saw a, a musical called Dear Evan Hansen, which is actually coming to the West End in November uh, when this episode is going to be released. And um, <laughs> um, I mean, basically, you can rock up at the booth and you can basically, if there's shows that have tickets available and they've not sold out, they'll put some of them on sale for a discount. So basically, you can rock up and it, what shows are available will very much depend uh-huh. on the day. Mm-hmm. So uh, we kept seeing, like, most days there were tickets for Chicago. So it was, oh, Chicago, that'd be, that'd be sort of classic, classic musical. And uh, But there weren't any on the day we went. The only two things that we could both agree on, because I'm not fucking seeing the Phantom of the Opera under any circumstances, <laughs> um, were... But um, George, the this... Phantom of the Opera is inside my mind. Like... Come on. <laughs> you, can, you can fucking stay there. <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, basically, it was Dear Evan Hansen, which we'd heard good things about. It sounded very depressing on paper. And um, Oklahoma, but we asked the girl in the queue, um, like, about what it is. And she was like, oh, yeah, they've, like, sort of, they've focused on more of the darker elements of it. I was like, what? Everyone... <laughs> dark, gritty reboot of Oklahoma. I just want rooting, tooting cowboys, and that's it. Um, as as JR will always say, everyone in that musical has a collegiate background. <laughs> Steve Williams is playing the male lead. 
Oh, okay. Genius. Um, uh, so we did that, but also um, a little bit of wrestling. Uh, so basically, I'll just have a, a brief chat about uh, the stuff that we we saw because we, we saw we saw a couple of shows. So the first one, I mean. So the flight got in uh, at um, half four. The show we wanted to see started at eight. Uh, plenty of time. I was not. Um, I was reckoning without uh, U.S. security, who, as we know, are a bunch of bastards. And I'm I'm back now, and they're not going to uh, deny me access to the country, so I can say that. Uh, it took about an hour to get through passport control, and it probably would have been even longer uh, had the authorities taken a proper uh, sort of maybe more diligent approach. Because like there was just a, a, a loose bag like <laughs> in the queue. And I was just going by it, like, sort of snaking around. Every time I was going by, I was like, someone should maybe fucking, like, maybe have a word about that, potentially. Loose bag at an airport. Um, but, like, there was no security people around to act. And eventually someone got them and was like, you know, you maybe want to sort of, um, you know, take that away somewhere. <laughs> and um, uh, but then we got through and then there was a, a subway ride into town. Then we had to, like, leave our luggage at a left luggage place. And... Then we, we we went the wrong way by accident, had to like go back. So basically, like at this point, I was mostly like busting a gut to get to WWE SmackDown at Madison Square Garden, despite you, because you said that we were never going to make it. So I didn't even want to see the show at that point, other than like to go to Madison Square Garden. And it was that or Peter Frampton in a couple of days. So, uh... no, Sonic, you're reading is cooler. <laughs> yeah. So basically, we got uh, we got there. A little bit after the show had started and uh we knew that the undertaker had been announced sarah is like a gigantic undertaker mark and um had we she were ever going seen the undertaker before uh she had yes um there was a roar in manchester in 2015 because oh, yeah, yeah. they'd announced him for the smackdown and uh, we bought tickets for Raw, and she was quite disappointed i was like the thing is i think they just announced him for smackdown to shift tickets yeah. So, like, he's in the country, he'll probably be on Raw as well, which indeed he was. But basically, we were coming up the escalators, and we it was, like, just after eight, when the show was meant to start, mm. and we could hear The Undertaker's music. Oh, no. So, like, everyone was, like, fucking pegging it up the stairs to get to their seats in time. Um, and basically, we, like, missed his entrance, but, like, we got in just as he was about to start doing this weird, like, meandering promo. Um, it's very weird to have The Undertaker come out and do the, hey, isn't it great to be in Madison Square Garden, um promo like it's like uh, stone cold did it on raw the previous night and it's like these are your sort of corporately mandated like hey i'm a legend to come and talk about all the great memories that we have at this like i don't think it's appropriate for the undertaker uh to be i just, uh, to be I just want to hear the undertaker become a total corporate shell and just going in their sexual pride like stone cold <laughs> oh for undertaker just like advertising alpha brain and omaha sticks <laughs> uh but like and um i mean the show itself was i, I basically i mean we were, I, I i really like regret being one of them fans who like fucks off before 205 live starts but like by that time it was 3 a.m uk time oh, and we were, really? like, absolutely knackered so i was like uh okay i'm sure it's going to be fine but like i'm very tired we need to get to um washington heights which is like at the far northern tip of manhattan to get to our airbnb uh so basically it was like okay let's uh, let's patch this and um i, I have to ask george i am immensely jealous how was chad gable versus shane mcmahon a literal dream <laughs> match <laughs> bloody hell like yeah that's the thing we said afterwards i was like was that even a good show? Like, I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter one way or the other, but I was like, the more I think about it, the more I was like, actually, it was a 
pretty shit edition of SmackDown. Jesus Christ, that Chad Gable Shane McMahon match. <laughs> so the the, the 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 first thing you need to know is that New York wrestling crowds have the attention span of a fucking goldfish, um, especially like sort of because I mean we all know that like the people who go to watch WWE live don't seem to be like massive fans of WWE. Yeah, like Dave Meltzer texting in the main event of a PWG last week. Um... <laughs> With his shirt on back to front. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, so basically um, it sort of lost the crowd's attention. Shane McMahon in a normal one-on-one match with no stipulation <laughs> is is a hard sell to me, personally. Um, I, it, but put it this way, I was looking up, like, uh, on Cage Match earlier today to remind myself of what had been on the show, so memorable it was, <laughs> and was just absolutely taken aback to find that that match had gone nine minutes. Yeah. <laughs> It must have included a commercial break, surely. Um, you could. It's like one of these when you go to like WWE show being taped. You can absolutely tell when uh, commercial breaks are taking place. And it's also very stop-start. Like they played the same recap of Eric Rowan like uh, claw slamming Roman Reigns through the table three times. By the end of the time, when are they going to get to the white factory? I am. Um, I, I just like at some point if like. Like, it was like just two disgruntled people and like they went into a commercial break and they just did like a Noah 2004 like apron to the floor bump or something. Like, you know, something utterly like a back suplex off the apron or whatever. Just to, just to spite. <laughs> just to spite yeah, it's like, the it's like all the, um, the mad shit they do on house shows when like no one's watching so it's basically the WWE guys fucking around and they're always much better than the actual televised shows. Yeah. <laughs> um, was, it, we go- was, it, was it Santino and Jack Swagger had like a hundred match series and they just spent and there is like this was like my favourite series of all time and just started doing it because we just used to fuck about all the time and just used to add stuff even more and they just wait for a whole year and we're just wrestling each other and just doing it's Great just stuff. like some mad King's Road thing between yeah. <laughs> Jack Swagger and Santino and Morella. Um, we got like, um, oh, well, fucking hell, what else was on the show? Um, we, yeah, Miz versus uh, Andrade was probably the best match on the show in that it was like perfectly fine. Uh, Shane was so gassed after the uh, nine minute match with uh, Chad Gable that like he couldn't properly tell Kevin Owens that he was fired. Uh, so that so that was good. It was basically it was like the I quit match between Bret Hart and Bob Backlund, where like do you quit and Bob Backlund just went ah and then yes he quits. <laughs> <laughs> like it was it was basically like that. Um, Chad, I mean, Chad Gable's uh, great. Uh, props to Shane McMahon for taking the chaos theory. Incredible. Like that that was uh, that was uh, pretty great. But like I mean Doug Williams show... looking down from the sky <laughs> smiling. The show itself was, uh, uh, should we say, not great, but like we we paid for tickets on the door and there were twenty five quid each, uh, so you know it's 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 absolutely fine for like two hours of wrestling and um, and then the crowd just started chanting for a random baby in the crowd during two or five, so it like doesn't seem like we missed uh, missed much anyway. That was that one where Drew Gulak ended up cradling Humberto Carrillo as a like a baby despite the crowd. Uh, I think it was Grand Metallic, which is very counterproductive because Vince already thinks luchadors are all children. So, um, uh, but yeah, it was um, that was uh, yeah that was it was it was it was a it was a show like it was uh, it was fun to go to SmackDown. I mean, WWE TV tapings are always like a fairly frustrating watch live, um, but it was it was fine. We got to see some uh, some wrestling and we got to see the Undertaker. Yeah, that's always that's always fairly cool even even now. Um, uh, but basically, the main. Thing. And actually, the main reason we um, 
end up going to SmackDown uh, and really like making a point of it, even though it was the night we'd landed, was the fact that uh, the AAA show on the 15th of September, which was slated for the uh, main room of Madison Square Garden, it soon emerged they had sold nowhere near enough tickets until it got moved to a, uh, the Hulu Theatre, which is like on the site. But it's a smaller venue, which is a 3,000 capacity, and they, they sold enough tickets to fill that. So, I mean, the crowd probably would have looked pretty rubbish in the main building, but, like, in that theatre, it was it looked absolutely great. Yeah. And there was a, um, like, it had, like, big-level production values, like a fuckton of pyro in the uh, in the main event. And um, it, it was a really good show. Like, it wasn't on, sort of, uh, the levels of the surprisingly good Triple Mania um, that uh, AAA put on this year. But, like, it was it was really good. The um, uh, uh, Seeing Masquerita Dorada uh, tagging with Chris Dickinson in the opener. <laughs> that was... Because um, yeah, it, was, it was also, like, a, a co-production with Impact, wasn't it? Like, Impact had, like... They used Impact's licence so that they could um, run in New York. So it seemed quite much. There was like some daft match I heard, and like they did, somebody just nonchalantly mentioned this, and I was like, this sounds like the weirdest fucking match of all time. Two things to see if I can make it. was like a six man had like murder clown and whatever. And... Oh, I think I know which match you're uh, talking about. It's like random impact guys versus. Um, yeah, uh, and it was. Yeah, it was. Um, oh, fuck. Um. Yeah, Murder Clown, Favia Apache, and Drago. Yeah. Um, versus uh, Michael Elgin, Sammy Callahan, and Josh Alexander. It's like, whoa, you have got a lot of shit houses on that team. <laughs> Josh Alexander, I don't, I, I think he's a bit of a dickhead, but like, I don't think on the level of the other two. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, tagging with Michael Elgin and Sammy Callahan, he looks at like the fucking, you know, sound as a pound. So yeah, he's um, like fucking Nelson Mandela compared to those two. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was. There was also like a um, very heartwarming. Like there was a uh, four, like girl behind us who couldn't be more than four, just oh. like cheering for Fabia Pache whenever she got some offense in, but she couldn't pronounce it, so she just was cheering for Abby. <laughs> um, which was uh, that. That that was great. Actually, like a note note on the crowd. I would estimate it was about seventy five percent Hispanic, like at the very least. Good, so like, yeah, say. that's that's good here because I mean, like, obviously, like, you like Lucha, Lucha shows always kind of bring out that market, but it, yeah, it's really and, good to see it in sort of a more mainstream, you know, in yeah, the US. And, I mean, New York as a city is about 29 30% Hispanic, so it's certainly not uh, unexpected that there was such a heavy uh, presence of Spanish speakers in the uh, in the crowd, but like, it was uh, there was a couple of fucking dickheads like a few rows behind like yelling at the announcer to speak English oh come on now man like uh, you're at a lucha show for fuck's sake I mean, I mean like, like we, we talked about this before about me and Jackson about how we were so excited when they were speaking in Japanese at Royal Quest like yes you know, it's part of the experience yes. it's, it's one of the wee things like that's yeah absolutely like I'm, I'm definitely nominating the um uh, the uh, Thomas Geeson, who's the uh, WXW ring announcer uh, for the uh, Stompy Award for best ring announcer this year, like for 16 count. No idea what he's saying beyond the odd word, but like he says it really well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, uh, the atmosphere for um, the 
Lucha Brothers versus LAX match was, was incredible. I've already seen that match this year in fucking Manchester University Students' Union, <laughs> of all the places. Um, uh, but like the, because uh, it was also because it was Mexico versus Puerto Rico, and um, the finish was Phoenix like grabbing a Mexican flag and wearing it like a cape, and then doing a double stomp and then a dive to the outside. Incredible. Like still wearing the flag as a cape and just like basically not even tying it around himself, just holding it with his hands. Amazing. Like just he's he's an he's an incredible athlete. Like that was uh, that was really good. And then um, uh, oh, Murder Clown did a six one nine in the uh, same match. He is a big bloke. Yes. Um, and then we got um, uh, yeah, the the semi main was probably the craziest match uh, for me, which was a fairly generic heel team of. Uh, Lost Mercenarios, which is uh, El Tejano Jr., Rhea Scorpion, and Taurus, uh, mm-hmm. versus uh, Psycho Clown, uh, Brian Cage, and Cain Velasquez. <laughs> it, it was in Psycho Clown is so over as well. Yeah, yeah, he really is. But did he not main event the AAA show last year? Yeah, I believe he did. Like he's he's like been the breakout star of the many many clowns that they have uh, got on that roster. Clowns what? are to AAA what ants are to Chikara. Yes, um, more clowns in the British government. Am I right? Hey Ooh, hey hey, get me more folks. <laughs> I mean, he should be better than Andy Parsons. So. Um... Yeah, the reason the reason why he's uh, was still doing Mot the week long after Frankie Boyle stopped. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, yeah, so that was I mean, Cain Velasquez. Like I have such an amount of respect for him, arguably more so than I did when he was UFC heavyweight champion. <laughs> in that he could have basically just been a big dickhead, basically like Brock Lesnar at his worst, and basically just coming going, I'm the like big UFC star, I'm not going to do fuck all, I'm not going to sell fuck all, I'm just going to do Kimuras and lazy grappling, and instead he's like, now you know what, I'm going to be an actual luchador and do ranas and fucking handspring ace crusher, <laughs> and, uh, and stuff like that, and I'm going to wear a mask even though like, you know, most Everyone of the fans could really really recognise me by, by sight, yeah. And like I have so much respect for that. He's like, okay, I'm going to be a luchador. I want to do it properly. Well, I mean, wasn't it? Um, was it I've seen Kane for uh, Kane this. Uh, he had an interview. I think it was like the, the week before, where um, he was talking about the fact that he grew up watching Lucha Libre. Like as a kid, he was a huge yeah. Lucha fan, and like he's saying that he watches it with his kids as well. Like his kids pure love it as well, and it's kind of a bonding thing for him. So like, he's a huge wrestling nut, to be fair. So his, it, his, exactly his kids, fair uh, his kids are proper uh, Zona twenty two, uh, twenty three, and DTU mark. That's uh... <laughs> you just love seeing people get put through like stacks of light tubes in, be- in, be- in between Car two tires. like picnic chairs. <laughs> oh man, I, I I love the Lucha Indies, man. Oh, like his so kids just like hey you know like screw your uh, screw your lucha brothers I've got me a, a Votan versus Black Terry match to watch. Um, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of like big matches, the main event was um, Doctor Wagner Junior versus Blue Demon Junior in a rematch from uh, Triple Mania. Hey, it's nowhere near as good as the Triple Mania match, mostly because like you're not allowed to do blood in uh, New York, which I mean you can have a great brawl without blood, but they clearly taking the view okay we can just have a normal one-on-one and it was a perfectly serviceable uh like old guys in their 50s technical lucha match um it wasn't it wasn't very long it was it was solid it was fine i i enjoyed it, it was just like two big names like two legends of of lucha libre just tying it up 
Uh, yeah, yeah, very solid. Uh, saddened that uh, clearly of the uh, apparently 20 or so visas that hadn't come through, these uh, clearly included the large amount of large adult sons that both men possess. And uh, I, I feel the match was maybe missing a little with uh, without them at ringside. Oh, that's oh, upsetting. But uh, there you go. But no, that, that sounds reasonable. I'm, I am absolutely going to try and fit in uh, some of the Triple H show the videos because I am... Uh, very interested in seeing it. Um, it sounds like it was an absolute cracker, to be fair. Oh yeah, it was a it was a good watch. It, it felt like very much like an authentic lucha show mm. as well. They, aside from the pres- presence of like Impact guys, which I guess they did a because they were using Impact's license, and yeah. B because like so many people hadn't been able to uh, make it into the country. Um, hence why the uh, women's match was um, Tessa Blanchard versus Tyre. Who fair enough do work in AAA, but they're also people who like you know have visas to work in the US yeah. uh, already. Uh, that, that was a, that was a good match as well, actually. Like, I would say like uh, it was like, the, but both that and Triple Mania, not much very much AAA this uh, year, but like refreshingly free of like the bollocks we like maybe we've come to associate with AAA in recent years. And to be fair, for much of the promotion's history, for, for me, AAA died and they stopped doing like eighteen man apuestas midget cage matches as <laughs> what their main events. Um, and like Vampiro goes over for some reason. <laughs> Vampiro just shaving a dwarf's head. Um, <laughs> it's not even part of the match. It's just him being a lunatic. <laughs> It's just how he gets his heat back, brother. Uh man, no, yeah, there's no vampire on the show, which I was actually like I'm such a vampire mark, like uh like, how he delighted. Is, like Thank you, US government, for denying him his visa. <laughs> I presumably he could like fly over the border, like just in his bat form. Um and I mean this the is vampiro the man who is part of the caravan. <laughs> He's one of the Hezbollah people hiding in it. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's I, I I think I I I sincerely think it rules that America have um has uh, elected literally the dumbest motherfucker on planet Earth as president. It's, it gives me hope that one day I can rule um the country as well. Yeah, I mean yeah, I I take you over um uh, Alexander Boris de Feffel Johnson, folks. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll uh, leave the cutting edge political satire behind and uh, move on from uh, New York all the way across the Pacific to uh, Tokyo. So, David, tell me what wrestling did you end up going to see? Well, um, yeah, off a ton of stuff. Um. I went to see... Well, actually, I should probably start first off because I have a story I didn't tell you this at the time. I didn't put it on Twitter. So I, I was hoping that because we were meant to have Daniel, Daniel absolutely loved this. I was keeping it to tell Daniel. Um, oh, yeah. But now he's not here. I'll, I'll tell you anyway and I'll, I'll let him know. But basically, uh, as as people may have seen on Twitter, um, I went to Tokyo uh, in the midst of a typhoon. So uh, ah, basically yes. our plane got delayed by an hour and a half uh, because of the typhoon and basically the typhoon destroyed the motorway out of, out of the airport. So no buses were running. Oh, Jesus, that is that is some like day after tomorrow shit. Yeah, uh, they closed the motorway. Um, the, no buses were running, no taxis were running. All the f- train lines were flooded as well. So you were basically stuck in the airport for 18 hours. That's how long we were there for. Uh, we had to um, basically, the, um, you know how you see like on the news, you, you'll see like some sort of like aid relief in a third world country, and you know like yeah. Sudan or something like that, they'll be throwing out bottles of water and stuff like that. That was literally me. We had to queue up for a sleeping bag and water. And all some all I could think of, all I could think of, was seeing your pictures of it. Was like uh, Ned Flanders' house having been blown down. 
Pre- uh, pretty much. Um, a bit of a... Just you coming out wearing a butthole surface t-shirt. <laughs> That's my normal attire to be fair. But um, yeah, so like this, this was this is all very fun and all that, and, and like we are. I was very annoyed because I mean, f- funnily enough, we'd been up at like six a.m. It was a fourteen-hour flight, and then we got to the airport and we're like, oh yeah, you can't leave for eighteen hours. I'm like, right, okay, so we were pretty much dying at this point. But it was literally like, um, if there was, as if there was like a gas attack. Or what, or something in the airport because at night everyone just slept, so you know, rough. So they all decided. So you'd walk through the airport and there's just hundreds of bodies just lying about, like next to you. It's like a zombie thriller. It was mad. Continuity, I'm Shinrikyo has uh, has made their strike. Oh god, um, you're an awful, awful man, George. But anyway, the reason I'm mentioning this, apart from to get some sympathy, is that um. When we were there, we, we befriended quite a few people from all, well, like, in the airport. So we befriended a guy from Singapore, a couple of people from America and all that. And then there was a guy who's from, he called himself a Scottish-American, so I'd say he's American. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he lived in EK at some point, like Britain, uh, Jackson's old parish. Um, but yeah, he's like, he, he basically is like, we sat with him for a wee while trying to get out um, of the airport. And I noticed on his case, um, they had a bunch of Street Fighter stickers on there, like a ton and ton of Street Fighter stickers and all that. And um, I was I was talking to him and I was like, oh, you like Street Fighter? I said, yeah, develops like Street Fighter 4 or whatever. Uh, like, I was on the development team of Street Fighter 4. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. He said, yeah, 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 I'm really big in with it. I'm like, he was, on, he was in Japan in business and all that. And um, he was asking, what are you here in Japan for? And... Um, and I said, oh, I'm, I'm a huge wrestling fan, so we're here to like, go to Corican Hall and stuff like that and go to a bunch of wrestling shows and all, as well as other stuff. And I said, all oh, right, so I take it you know Kenny then? Yeah. Right? Oh, I know Kenny as well. I said, all oh, right, I, for the Street Fighter thing, because obviously he's a developer of Street Fighter. I said, yeah, 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 because he's big into Street Fighter and that. Basically, George, I get invited to a private party with Kenny Omega. <laughs> And patched it to go see Ultimo Dragon at Corican Hall and stuff. Oh, you could have turned to him blockers on Twitter. Honestly, like honestly, when I was speaking to him, that he's talking about, oh, come see, come see. Him. I had to bite my tongue and not say, tell him to fucking unblock me on Twitter. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, we we get invited to a private party at Akihabara. Um, so oh, Kenny will love you to come down. And I was like, no, if he knew who I was, I don't think he would. But yeah, um, uh, but yeah, um, I, but basically, I turned down a private invitation to meet Kenny Omega just so I could go to Dragon <laughs> David, you 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 did the right thing, and what is more, I think most people listening to this podcast will Absolutely. also judge that you did so. Can you can you imagine going to a party full of a street fighter nerds, man, just like Xavier Woods, just wanting to talk to you about how Dukins fought that man? Um, um, but so we so yeah uh, did that. But yeah, as I said, I went to uh, Dragon Gate at Corican Hall. It's like try to put uh, try to put it into words. It's it's mad because like we I think can both say and I think pretty much most people who are listening to this can say they've watched hundreds if not thousands of matches in Corican Hall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like New Japan run there every month. We you know every company runs there. Over your collective tenure of watching Puro, you'll have watched at least three, four figures of matches from Corican Hall. It is literally a part of your day-to-day life, um, it, but even though you've never been there. So to actually go, because um, it's kind of like an office 
again, it's in like an office box in the fifth floor. He got to the fifth floor and all that. It, it was honestly very overwhelming. It was just, it was just so mad. Just thinking, holy fuck, I'm, I'm in, I'm in Corican Hall, like the actual Corican. I'm here, um, and it was, it, it's such a wonderful place to go. Like it's just, it's, it, it was a, a realization of a dream for many, many years. Um, and I went to Dragon Gate there. Um, I explained to, I explained to my wife about Dragon Gate about how they were, uh, they were the more visual type, um, or like, having lots of pretty boy wrestlers and lots of flippity dips and. 15 year storylines and stuff like that but she really enjoyed it she took about 4,000 photos of all the wrestlers so she was I think if you're like because has she seen any wrestling apart from when you went to Wrestlemania 30 Uh, we've been a couple we didn't see NXT you you watch Wrestlemania like every year don't you yeah yeah and like she I I, I always have the the um, the notion that if she was in a pub quiz and there was a wrestling question she'd probably get it you know what I mean yeah I I think so like on a general scale yeah. yeah But like Puro's like pretty new to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's yeah. heard me talk about like New Japan and stuff like that, and like. Okay, sure. But yeah, like so she knows it. But I hadn't really talked about Dragon Gate or anything like that. But she, but I, I can't explain it to her. But yeah, it was it was a very it, it was a very very new thing for her, certainly in terms of watching it, if you know what I mean. Um, I think the only time she's maybe watched it with me was when um, do you remember Res- uh, Wrestle Kingdom Akada Naito? Um, uh, yes, uh, which which one? Was that uh, Wrestle Kingdom 8? Or, uh, the, the last one, the, the, one. the second uh, one. Um, she watched the main event with me because it was at 1am in the morning and I was watching it in bed, so she <laughs> came to bed. Uh, but that that's pretty much about the, the involvement okay. of it. Uh, I can see how Dragon Gate would be like very arresting. Yes, absolutely. Uh, like just that particular style. I mean, I mean, like, like, I mean, like I said on this podcast before, I... I find Dragon Gate difficult to get into with all the faction warfare. If you're like yeah. coming in cold, it can be quite difficult to uh, to pick up, especially the sort of the differences between the factions are often, uh, I think, less stark than they are in something like uh, Stardom, for instance, yeah. uh, where they also lean heavily on faction warfare. But I think just coming in for a one-off show, like I, I imagine that would be pretty great. Like. Yeah, it was, it was great fun. Um, we saw that like, it, was, it was also Ultimo Dragon's second appearance in Dragon Gate in 15 years. So he yeah, was, that that is that's blown my mind because he, he signed with them now, hasn't he? Yeah, 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 he has. Um, I also met him afterwards. Um, he was a lovely, lovely guy. I can now not have to be jealous of my uh, cousin, or, or, or sorry, of my wife's cousin, who once, as we've mentioned many times here, he once stayed at their house in Motherwell. Um, he once got his tea made from by them now because he ah now I've met Ultimo Dragon. We are on an equal keel now. Um, yeah. But yeah, like there was a really, really good match for the I can never remember the belt names. The secondary belt, the IC belt for Dragon Gate. I think it's open the uh, Brave Gate. Yes, uh, yeah. yes um, Open the Brave Gate. It was Susumu Yokosuka versus uh, Yosuke Santa Maria. Oh uh, yes. And that was a really, really good match. Um, I think going in, a lot of people just didn't really expect Yosuke to win it. Do you know what I mean? And then it's, it, it was that old faithful of people going, fuck, Yosuke might actually win. Oh, fuck. And then like near falls and stuff like that. And they kind of built and built and built. And it was very, very good. I, I don't know if it would translate as much on video, but certainly in uh, in the in the arena, like, yeah, people were mental for that. Um, oh, that sounds brilliant. Yeah, it was, it was really, really good. After that, uh, our next show we went to, we went to um, uh, Ichigaya Chocolate Square. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, To go yes. to Gato Move, right? So we, we, we actually went to a Gato Move show. Now, 
Um, it is very apt that I went to Gatlinburg on that week, um, seeing as we are now the only uh, Japanese wrestling podcast that hasn't been massively cancelled for some scandal. Um, <laughs> the thing is, I, you know, I, I, you know, we, we get like, fine with virtual pros. Uh, like, I, um, I I mean I'll, I'll, be, I'll be fully honest I'm a massive fan of virtual pros I have bought their shirts and stuff like that it's I, I, I do I do think that I, I, I think I think the stuff on Gato Move was somewhat wide of the mark yeah. um, <laughs> yes because like I think now if you've like if you're familiar with sort of um, shall we say customs in uh, in terms of uh, wrestling you know the sort of uh, bedroom wrestling type of uh, type of sleaze I can see how Gatto Move might look yes. from the outside, but the fact of the matter is, Gatto Move is like the least horny Joshi promotion. Yeah, well, this is I kind of had a similar issue when I was when I was saying to my wife we're going to Gatto Move because I was like, for me in the bubble, that I'm like that that's perfectly fine. And then I was like, what if you're outside of the bubble and you just say to your wife, oh, we're going to go to um, a, a refurbished dentist. And watching like four women just like grappling on a mat, like I mean, it's not it's not exactly winning your brownie points, is it? But in all fairness, we turned up late, right? Which is not. Going... I saw because I I've seen this show uh, on YouTube. Yeah. And I was I was looking out for you during the first match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we were late because uh, we slept in. Um, we woke up. You you were late to a three match show. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> But we were up there on time for the second match, and I think on the video they say hello to us because they turn around and say like, because they're, they're getting ready and all that, and we walk in. They, just, they all turn around and go, "Hi, uh, hello!" And all that. And we're like, "Hi!" Just for like fucking like making us, they just showing us up for being late, but they're all really lovely and so, saying hello and that, welcoming us and that. I, I will say like the the show itself, the matches we saw, the two matches we saw were excellent. The yeah, Michael, what's his name? Michael Nakazawa, is that his name? Uh, no, um, uh, you mean the main? Yeah. No, it was um, uh, Mas- Masahiro Takanashi. Masahiro Takanashi, that's the one. So yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting my DDT uh, Mace, guys. Yeah. yeah, that was an excellent match. And I'm like, it was kind of funny because my, my wife is after us. Like, my wife was not familiar with Gatto Move and she was not familiar with... She was like, oh, there's guys wrestling on this as well? I was like, yeah, yeah, it's just kind of a, an intergender thing. And she was like... We, we've talked about it before about how um, her senior wrestling is that if wrestling was real, the big show would just sit and everybody and win. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, she was like, well, when, 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 they first came, when they first came out, I was like, there's no way she can win this. Because he's like, massive. He's, he's just sitting there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just I, mean I, 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 I do agree with her logic. However, like I will point out that Manny Yarbrough never won the Pride Fighting Championship title. <laughs> Yet. Because they were scared to push him. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, but we watched it. She she really loved it. She thought it was so much fun. And afterwards, she said to me, she says, like, got move. I could see myself getting into it and being a, a full time fan of it. She really really enjoyed it. She well, I mean, like the the YouTube content's great because it's got all um. Uh, Pumi sorted you out with your tickets. He, he does all the English commentary, and um, they put up like loads I, I, and loads of matches on YouTube. Like, I think all of their matches, apart from the um, the bigger shows, which are the ones that actually take place in a wrestling ring, uh, go up on YouTube. Yeah. And they put historical stuff up there from like the promotions early years. So occasionally you'll just get a random match that Kenny Omega's in and stuff like that. I I, I, I in all fairness to the, the virtual pros guys, I did love his uh, his comments saying that the commentator sounded like he's reading a lecture on physiology. Uh, 
Yeah. Oh yeah, I love his commitment to like he's like the anti Michael Cole. He's such a snooker commentator, like, isn't he? Like, Michael it's Cole calls no moves. Pumi calls every single move. Like it, it's brilliant. If you could like um like you could close your eyes and like just stick the video on and you would know exactly what happened in the match. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, it was I, 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 I absolutely loved it. Like the um uh like Mesa Ruger was been wrestling one year i think yeah like it's it's ridiculous because like she's got this i mean she's very good technically and you can see that in the match because there's a lot of very good chain wrestling and the sequence of reversals going into the finish was yeah. absolutely brilliant but like she's got so much personality as well and i think that's what i mean i was reading on twitter the other day that like emi sakura like basically demands that her trainees all have this excellent uh, technical ability so that when the time comes to do all the wacky shit, you're actually physically capable of doing it and you've got the building blocks on which, yeah. to, on which to base it. Yeah, and I, I was... Goodness, I know that, like, looking stuff, we're really, really excited to hear my views on the on the show and all that. And, like, I did have a theory about this, like... Because I did end up going down a rabbit hole trying to find out about Amy Sackler's trainers, about who she was trained by, because... Oh, I yeah, I, I looked this up once too. It's quite interesting. Yeah, like well, I mean to be honest, like when I was when I was looking at it, I really expected to find some sort of uh descendant of Robinson or like uh Billy Riley, you know, the sort of you know the all the snake yeah, yeah. lads and all like I was expecting like Sakuraba or something like that, or uh maybe one of the Pancreas guys, you know, somebody who was trained by Robinson and then teaching on the shoulder because there's like we we talk we talk about like um it's gonna sound really really weird but I, I know exactly where I'm going with it. You know how you get people who are always like wrestling. It's not as good as it once was. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I want it to be like yeah, old like wrestling. Emil again. Emil J and all these cunts on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, like. yeah. I want it to be like old wrestling again. I want I want the old wrestling back. Um, wrestling not like it used to. I would throw out the hot take. The Gato move is the closest s is the closest essence to that sort of what people think they like what people think the the old wrestling is in terms of the good stuff. So that, like in terms of like the the counters. I mean, we mentioned this in the previous episode, which I swear I am editing, George. Right? Yeah, yeah, I believe you. I believe you. We we mentioned uh, before the the fluid fluidity and the quickness of world of sport. In terms yeah. of the exchanges, uh, the counters, and being able to go from hold to hold and stuff like that, which was which was not, um, uh, which which was not the norm at that time. It was a very, uh, and it was it would go on to inform junior heavyweight wrestling and there was quickness and stuff like that. I feel that, um, Gato move is the purest essence of that. More so than like Zack Saber Jr. or anything like that, because obviously Zack Saber Jr. can do all the wrestling, the British wrestling and stuff like that. But I feel like in the same way, you know that I don't know how to describe it. Um, like in terms of like in terms of their ability to go for roll ups and submission counters and stuff like that, they are the closest to what the world of sport people were doing. Because Zack Saber, like Zack Saber Jr. and stuff like, that, and all the British lads who do it, and you know, and you're sort of your uh, your promotions and that it quite clearly is people cosplaying as like world of sport if you know what I mean yes. they are very much indebted to the style whereas this is taking the good st- that what made 
or like those sort of exchanges really good in World of Sport and put their own spin on it subconsciously. It's not that they're trying to ape World of Sport, it's that they are they, they have they're in the same um what's the word I'm looking for? The same Leader. spirit yeah, yeah, the same spirit of World of Sport unconsciously. And they're doing it so well that that is exactly like the sort of the how that sort of style of wrestling should be done. Yeah, it's, says, it's completely different to like anything you will see. And firstly, partially that is because of the locale. Like, yeah. There's no getting away from that. But also, like they are trained in a very particular style. Yeah. Um, and like even the uh, the matches that you get in the ring, they have this sense of. Um, like you say, the great technical wrestling, but also the sense that nothing is ever like especially heavy or serious. Yes. Like uh, it, it, like it is a good time. There's no real uh, heels. Like any of the booing is like, um, you know. Oh, it's, a, it's all pantomime. like Grado yeah. at the Pavilion Theater. You know, what I mean, like it's very much yeah, it is yeah, very pantomime, you know. but it is very much foam finger. You know, at, um. You know what, Bishop Briggs Leisure Drum, I can't hear you. You know that sort of, <laughs> you know, oh, all, yeah, all yeah, yeah. American Super Slam wrestling sort of doing. Um, Speaking of like Emi Sakura's training, actually, you know where she, which promotion she uh, had her first match. I, I'm sure I've seen this, but I can't remember. It's was it was IWA Japan. Of all the places. Was she one of the naked ladies in the bathhouse death match? Is that what it was? Oh, I tried to scrub that from my memory. <laughs> the the greatest hell. wrestling match, but that's not true. It's the no, it really isn't. Fourth, probably. Um, you can't get us cancelled. We're, uh, we're like we're the last we're the last one standing. They're gonna have to listen to like Evolve podcast or something. Um, oh god. god. Um. So uh, yeah, like I I would yeah recommend if you it's the um, Gatamu show from the fourteenth of September. So if you if you uh, search that out on YouTube, it's actually up there right now. Yes. Uh, you can watch it. Like it's uh, it's a really good time. I would uh, check it out. So um, you'll absolutely yeah. tell who I am because I'm the one white guy there, and I'm wearing a carcass shirt. I mean, it's no hard to figure out who I am. Um, yeah, yeah. you basically doxed yourself by going to Ghetto Move. That's... Also for like posting multiple pictures of yourself on Twitter as well. That's pretty much yeah. Um, I, I'm also the guy going me. Like I try, I, I didn't. Want I to be assumed that, guy. that was you. Yeah, I didn't want. I didn't want to be that guy and I was like I'm not going to be that guy and then you just swept up in the moment and I went me and then um, my wife was just like she turns right and my wife and my wife <laughs> doesn't know about the whole real, you know my yeah. sort of thing I didn't really explain it to her but she turned to me as if to say she knew all about it and she was ashamed of me <laughs> I'm just kind of like really David really come on like I mean I've told you about the time I went to Robot Wars and like my wife had to tell me to calm down because I was telling them to kick his fucking head in um, you know I've... if your if your wife thinks that's bad I'm like when I come up uh, next month I'll, I'll, I'll just tell her about Mao Rilan Oh, no. <laughs> like you are going, you are going to look like the the paragon of respectability. By oh, comparison. I'm going to look like a fucking yeah, I'm a Shaolin monk. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, um, I went past an actual Shaolin temple in New York, by the way. Did you? Wow. Yeah, it, it's it's basically full of like lads. Everyone was convinced was going to win like UFC once they found out about it. Amazing. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Gato Move. Uh, what I, the thing I really want to know about. Um, like the the other show you went to. Well, actually, there was there was someone else I went to before I went to. Uh, oh shit! What was that? Uh, I went for dinner somewhere, George. 
Oh, oh god, there's a lots lots of places it could it could be. Was it Kawada's Ramen House? Well, yes and no. I went to Kawada's Ramen House. Yeah. Turns out Kawada likes an early finish. Oh no! So I turned up. That's, that's the opposite of like for someone who wrestled as many like sixty-minute matches in all Japan, liking an early finish is the least thing I expected. He was shut at nine o'clock. Uh, oh no, I said it. He was he shut the doors at nine o'clock and they're having a fucking lock-in when we went because all the lights were still on. There was people inside, but they'd shut. So I I, I wanted to take this moment um, as a platform to say, Toshiaki Kawada, um, if you're <laughs> listening, or if there's a conduit, I don't I don't care who it was. Somebody who can get me in touch with Kawada. This is a genuine, genuine, you know, outpouring. I will design you a website, right? I, I don't know how to design websites. I will <laughs> I will learn how to design a website for you. It can't be that hard. I used to do stuff in MySpace. It can't be that difficult, right? I will design you a website because see, finding out information about this fucking restaurant, <laughs> my fucking God, right? There's one page... So TripAdvisor review, and that's it. Wow. Nothing. Doesn't show up on Google Maps. Doesn't show up on Apple Maps either. Um, there is no opening times. Nothing. It's just a case of he really does not want wrestling fans to go to this fucking restaurant. because. I mean, who can blame him to be well, fair? Yeah, true. Um, but, yeah, so... Yeah, we we did. I have been to Kawada's ramen shop outside it. There was a Nepalese shop next door. Oh. Uh, that was quite good, but they they we spent so long trying to figure out what we were going to do that they ended up shutting. So um, we, yeah. were you starting to suspect that like Kawada's ramen house was actually just an urban legend? No, we did find it. We seen a sign with his wee cartoon Kawada kicking somebody on the sign and all that. Yes, yeah. but um, yeah, he just he likes an early finish. But no, we did go somewhere else for uh, Scran. George, oh. I went. I went to Rubina Steakhouse. Ah, I mean, uh, yes, um, fantastic. It's. Uh, I think there's there's been a lot of conflicting opinions. Uh, once again, bringing up um, noted cancelled podcast Virtual Pros, but uh, Virtual Pros have a running joke um, on them that um, every time they see a video of Rubina, they think the steaks look fucking shite. Um, so they were like that. Those steaks are going to be terrible, and it's just like people go there because it's um, uh, you know, because it's a better steakhouse and it's actually not yeah. that good. I would like to refute that. Um, now I will, for, for the sake of balance, I will say I did not eat steak at the steakhouse. We, we mentioned before I, I'm I'm not a foodie. I have like acid reflux and stuff like that, and I'm not a I'm I'm not very adventurous in my food. I'm very particular. My wife. Fucking loves it though. My wife is like, I said, she, she went to go to steak. She fucking loved it. Like she loved. She said it was so so good. Uh, steak and rice. It's never something I've ever heard of. But you get That's lots of rice. And steak. But honestly, apparently it works. And she like so much so that the next time they're cooking steak, she's having rice with it because yeah, it, it works so well. But yeah. Um. But the the place itself is is a really really, um, really really lovely uh place to go. Um and like yeah apparently it's yeah well I would say apparently my wife fucking loved it she she immediately wanted to go back she was like how oh, can we come back here before we leave again I loved it so much so yeah oh that's uh, fa- that's fantastic I, I I went to a um I went to a, a Michelin star restaurant in New York like a massive cunt um, <laughs> but I will say it was the best meal I've ever had like the tire lads rated this place entirely correctly 
Yeah. <laughs> One other place we went to, I went to Todokan. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the picture of that. That looks like a, an absolute wonderland to be a discerning wrestling connoisseur. Genuinely had to be pretty much physically restrained from buying a Young Lion tracksuit, right? Because they had the New Japan Young Lion tracksuit there, and it was probably ill-fitting. It's probably like 3XL or something like that, right? But honestly, I, I it was it was funny money. Like I, wouldn't, I don't think I've ever paid anything close to this for a piece of clothing in my life. And I, I honestly, I, I, I had to, I had to take a, a moment for myself because I was, I couldn't blow a whole ton of money. I think it was at least three figures for this tracksuit, and I was like, I could totally buy this. I ended up not buying it. However, I did get some good hauls. I, I get some good stuff. Um, I got a pro wrestling Noah hoodie. Uh, for oh, brilliant! Fourteen quid. It's really, nice. yeah, it's really, really good. Um, as well as that, um, I didn't buy it, but they were selling. Barbed wire from the Great Nita versus the Great Muta. Jeez, in what quantities? Like, was it just like a little inch of it? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was just yeah. like a, a a nick of it, but it was like probably at least two hundred quid. Oh, yeah, I think it was about two hundred and thirty quid for this piece of barbed wire that was from the match. Which, to be fair, you know that's absolutely uh, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, Toda can. I bought the Pro Wrestling Noah hoodie. I bought as well. Uh, what's your? I bought a, I bought a figure. I bought a Masakatsu Funaki Pancrease figure. <laughs> it was amazing. That, it was between that and Maeda, but I ended up buying um, yeah, the the Funaki figure. Um, I found I found out recently that Maeda is like a gigantic right wing anti immigration cunt, which to be fair, I think we all suspected. Yes. I mean, the thing is about the Young Lions jacket. Like, I mean, I would say arguably you don't need to uh, buy one because you're a Westerner who's gone to Rivera Steakhouse. That means your body will, at some point in the next couple of weeks, probably start to spontaneously grow wrestling tights with kanji on them. So, like, you know. <laughs> Pretty much, I'm riddled with it. I'm riddled with uh, <laughs> I'm riddled the... with kanji. <laughs> But um, yeah. Well, Katakana coming out my ass. <laughs> Fuck's sake. But um, so yeah, so I went to the can. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, um, like just see the amount of stuff they have. Like it's you, you cannot fathom how much stuff they have in there. Some they had a trophy from the Ali Anoki match for sale. Fucking it's hell! It's a giant ship, and I, I seen this giant ship, and I was like the fuck is this? And I made a point of going up to the cashier going, excuse me, can you tell me what this is? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, what? And he's like, I have no idea. So I, he he read the tag. He told me it's a trophy <laughs> from Ali versus Inoki. How uh, much was that going for? Oh, it was a lot. It, it was a lot. Because, like, oh, I went to the NBA store um, on Fifth Avenue in New York. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they were, like, it was mostly, like, merch. You could, like, buy jerseys and that. Yeah. Um, but there was a uh, signed uh, Chicago Bulls uh, jersey uh, signed by Michael Jordan. Amazing. And that was uh, $3,500. My word. That's amazing. But, um, yeah, like, that's bad. But, yeah, that, that, that was wonderful. The other place that I probably mentioned as well, just for, just for note here, um, I stayed at the Godzilla Hotel. Yes, how uh, was that? Oh, it was incredible. Uh, we booked the room where the view outside is Godzilla's head, so they have a giant Godzilla head that roars out onto the street. So, I mean, that's uh, surely the, like the the prize room in that hotel. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so like, you wake up in the morning, open the curtain, and Godzilla's outside your window. Yeah, like the um, ground floor ground floor rooms where you can just see Godzilla's gooch. Like it's uh, you know it's nowhere near as good. 
yeah, <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, you know, the Godzilla room is wonderful. We got a, a chocolate Godzilla uh, with our meal. <laughs> uh, it's just like a moulded Godzilla and chocolate. It's just turkey dinosaurs in the shape of Godzilla. That was the main course. Yeah. <laughs> but um, oh my god, have you seen Colchester United have knocked Spurs at the League Cup? No, that's uh, that's pretty great. It's quite funny. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, the Godzilla Hotel was wonderful, and then um, we went to the the final show. Uh, I went to yeah. The this show. is the one. So to tell tell the story of how you ended up at this show first of all. So basically, I was meant to. I think I said on the previous podcast I was going to the All Japan Royal Road Tournament, um, and it's going to be Kento Miyahara versus Joe Doring, and then basically what it was, it was on a bank holiday with respect to the aged day. So, like, old cunts like me and Daniel, you know, we have a day. <laughs> but we, um, yeah, we, we had the respect, uh, respect for uh, the aged day. So, they basically they had two shows in Corrigan. I believe they had, oh, it was K1 that was on at night. Um, Jeez, that, that really would be a respect for the elderly day. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bob Sapp versus some other schmuck. Respect Peter Epps. Amazing, um, but yeah. So basically, all Japan was in the afternoon. I didn't notice until uh, about twenty five past twelve, and the show started at half twelve. So we're like, okay, I'm not going to all Japan Royal Road then. So I was like, there's another show happening in our building because the hotel I was with is adjoined to Shinjuku Face, which is oh, uh, see, I didn't realize that. That's fucking great. Yes. Um, yeah, so it's there, and I I tried to sell this, and I I, I sold this to my friend. Says, look, this show looks incredible. I can't tell you why, because you won't understand, because you're not a massive nerd. But trust me when I say this, this is the most ridiculous fucking thing I'll ever see, and I want to see it so much. Can we just go to this instead? And it's just like that's fine, and no. Um, uh, no um context on what was going on here. I kind of said a couple of things about how it was just I I I sold it on as as the ultimate patter card, right? This is like yeah, that is essentially what it was. Just total patter. Uh, she's like, all right, fair enough. But she didn't know anyone, a, not a single person on that card. She'd maybe heard of Rick Steiner, right? She didn't even know Kuharu Hinata or checks notes Tomiko Hashimoto. <laughs> No, she didn't. So um, I was like, right, that's fine. So we went. George, I'm going to go out on a limb here. This is the greatest wrestling card I've ever been to. I, I knew, because like, you are a well self-described fan of shit wrestling. <laughs> and this is very much just like, half these, I'm looking at the cage match um, profile now, half these wrestlers don't even have an entry on the database. Yeah, and that, that's always a sign of a good show. Isn't it? <laughs> um, I... It was so basically it was Tokyo Championship Wrestling at Shinjuku Face, right? Now, um, it's I, I I could talk for hours about this. I'm not gonna lie, but um, we started off very well because we turned up and uh, they they had they only had general seating seats, so there wasn't a reserve seat or anything like that. So uh, they're like, oh yeah, you can have these tickets. They're quite cheap. That's fine. Do you know who else buys um, general admission tickets on the day? Um, oh, all the all the underworld figures of Shinjuku. Um, so <laughs> all the so like when you're going, I I stayed in Shinjuku. It's a very red light district. Stag do, you know, there's British pubs and all that, and like all your western yeah. chain. You know, it's very much a stag do place now. And on every corner, there is pimps with brothels. Uh, you know, yeah, asking you to come in for a good time. Um, 
and turns out they like the wrestling. Um, I get sat. Uh, there was at least three pimps, uh, two in the same row as me, one behind me. His pal might have been a pimp as well. There was some in the other section as well. Basically, a whole lot of underworld figures that I did not want to spill a fucking pint off. Put it that way. Um, like I've, and I was like, all right, that's fine. Um, so yeah, it was it was mad. And they like they kept talking, and they kept taking phone calls. And I don't want to be the guy who, like, you know, square goes a fucking Shinjuku pimp telling him to fucking get off his phone. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like, just all the shady underworld figures around me. Um, and uh, we, I mean, like, I, 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 I'm trying to contextualize, like, my favourite things about this. I mean, well, first of all, I mean, we... The, the Did you see the, the mental seven-on-seven man versus woman elimination match that they had. Uh, I know that it was um I'm just looking at these names. Uh, Survival Tabita is um yes. uh, on one of the teams. We'll get to him so, in a minute. Um, yes. uh, Hikaru Sato who he fucking gets about, doesn't he? Like he's been anything from like all Japan to like the weirdest of indie sleaze, case in point this. Um and Mostly people I'm not familiar with on the uh, women's side, which is uh, impressive because I watch a lot of Joshi. Um, I recognise Anne Chamu and Makoto from uh, Anne Chamu works. Uh, uh, yeah, Anne Chamu does Gato Move. Yeah, she had um, a really, really good match with Mesa Ruga. Is that the one game. where um, the storyline was that Mesa Ruga was uh, angry because Anne Chamu's matches were getting more YouTube hits? And so um, <laughs> they, like, pretty much in between every move, they do a pose for the camera. Yes, that is that one. Yeah, they... and uh, Makoto, I know from uh, Seedling. And uh, various, various other places she's from done, o- up in DDT before. From mourning all Japan fame, from being giant Baba's <laughs> wife. Imagine, that, that would have been the only other man. Lacing up the boots. Makoto Baba lacing up the boots to, to fight survival to be her. I, um, I, I basically explained to my wife about survival to be her. Badly, I'll, I'll be honest, right? I was, you, uh, you can't explain survival to be her well, though. Like, no one can. But um, I... I explained this as, like, there's a guy here called Survival Tabita, and he is a hero of mine, right? And, like, I, he, he's a god, right? He's an absolute god to me, like, and I explained to him, I, I explained the, the, the running joke about, like, Daniel, who voted him as the 100th greatest wrestler of, of, of all time, ahead of Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I explained all this to her, and, like, I think she'd built up an image of what this guy looked like. And then Survival to Beat came out, it's just this fat old man in camouflage. And he, he was like, There he is! There is Survival to Beat! And she's like, Him? Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's honestly, basically like the reaction whenever Anne's mentioned in Arrested Development. <laughs> it's honestly like, trust me, like, it's going to be good. Survival to Beat got eliminated in 90 seconds. So <laughs> I was fucking fuming. I was fucking raging. I was like, Oh, Jesus. And I was like, I was like, what? And, and like, yeah, but um, uh, the, 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 the elimination match, amazing. there was a, one of them, one of the women is a magician. Her gimmick is she's a magician. You know, you know, you have the mist, like TJD does the mist. Yeah. She does not do the mist. She does cards out of her sleeve in the face. That's right? amazing. It's, Why is she not like everywhere? It, this is what I was wondering. She did it first time. And I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest wrestler of all time. Like, m- move, like, Volcan. Bruno Sammartino, you know, all those, nothing, I don't even know her name, right, but honestly, she was incredible, because she just flung cards at people, and it wasn't like, it was literally firing them out of her sleeve at their face, 
and like doing magic tricks to like honestly I cannot put it into words if, is, if this shows she, up you need to watch this match for that is she Gambit from the X-Men is she like, the gambler from WCW <laughs> is she Fantasia <laughs> Fantasia um, uh, but yeah like she was amazing um, it, honestly it was just mad and then um, it was so good there was a match did you see the triple threat match there was two triple threat matches did you see what they were uh, yes, so one of them was um, Kenichiro Arai, yes. uh, Minoru Tanaka, and James Mason. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Jimmy Suzuki is just like every, every like twice a year, he's just flying James Mason uh, over to Japan this to be like, in like featured matches. This is like James Mason's only non-Butlin shows. Oh, like, I, I'm like I'm a gigantic James Mason fan. He's one of my favorite wrestlers uh, in Britain because like. He is. He's not just a holiday camp wrestler. He is the perfect holiday camp wrestler. Yes, he's so good. He's amazing. He's then, the perfect holiday camp babyface. Yes, he he's so good. And that, that that match was really really good. The other one though, George. Oh my God. I just seen. I just seen the the, the title. Um, wrestler versus MMA fighter versus kickboxer. And I was. <laughs> I am fucking so. Triple threat workshoot. Sawama, Sawama, right? Yeah, like all Japan main eventer. Versus former multiple triple crown champion against Dan Severn, right? <laughs> against a kickboxing champion who wore gloves, right? Oh, yeah, I, I expect nothing less. Yeah, and it was like, I, I can basically explain this match to you. Sawama and Dan Severn had a wrestling match, right? <laughs> a guy with gloves sat in the corner in a fighting stance waiting for someone to leave the ring <laughs> and then they fought and then somebody got chucked out and then he came in and then he just duffed them up with punches it was one honestly it was wonderful um it was so good and then um the what am i sure um I, I my my wife also saw um you know how like it, you sometimes you like you take Sarah or someone or you you go to something that you're really invested in and you see something that people you know would absolutely give their left leg to go see. So, like for example, I once took my wife to see Death, the band Death. Who, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they they like the guy died in two thousand, but they did like a tribute show of all the other members. And they got a guy who was a, a, a lookalike, who was a really famous musician in his own. And like, I know people who like pay so much money for it. My wife seen it and she was bored out of fucking nut. Um, I mean, I just mentioned the jazz gig, so yes, I have been in that situation. Yeah, so um, she got to see uh, Jiro Ikemen Kurashio do his <laughs> thing against Yamato from Dragon Gate. And honestly, Ow. she was howling. She it was so much fun. Like it was, it was, it was wonder. It was such a good, good match. It was so so good, but the main. Uh, I'm also seeing a on this card um a wrestler called Randy Prayer, which I think is Chase and Rance's new gimmick. Yeah. And um, <laughs> um... Randy Prayer, um, who is um apparently has got the Shinjuku Pimp Ultras um on his side because all the <laughs> all the shady underworld figures turned up, cheered really loudly during his match, and then fucked off afterwards. They they just pure loved Randy Prayer like um. Yeah, it was kind of good. But it the, sounds the like nominative determinism. The thing is, is Leatherface was there too. Leatherface was there. Um, Jason was there. He came out to the theme tune from Halloween. <laughs> like, yes. honestly, I cannot put into words how slow Jason was. Like, in terms <laughs> of movement. Makes you wonder how he ever murdered anyone. Kim Duke was in this card, right? Kim Duke looked at the fucking Amazing Red. 
compared to this guy. <laughs> like honestly, man, it was um, it was it was incredible. I like um, but the the, the match with the um, the with uh, Randy Prayer against Rion Fujiwara, right? Now that obviously all the underworld figures had turned up to watch this match and were really invested, they thought it was a shoot, right? First of all, but as well as that, they fucking love leg selling, and I don't mean in your sort of like DVD VR. <laughs> oh, I saw the leg reel. As in, I thought you meant they love leg selling, as in they cut people's legs off and sell them on the back black I market. I mean, I'm not ruling it out. Let's be honest, <laughs> but um, no, selling the leg is the fucking most hilarious thing in the world <laughs> to these people. Like, Lorande Prayer got his leg absolutely mauled, and these people were rolling in the aisles of laughter at this guy going, ah, ah, my leg. They found this to be the funniest fucking thing you've ever seen in your life. Just this man selling his leg. It was, oh, oh it was so, so funny. It was so funny, but... um. And then Randy Prayer won, and they were all like, it's literally like if you go to, like, I, I said to my wife, it's like if you go to wrestling and like Lark Hall or something, and there's a guy for Lark Cole who's in the match, and he's fighting for, like, the Zero Gravity title uh, as a shot at ICW, let's be he's honest. He's fighting BT um, Gun. Yeah, fighting, probably fighting BT Gun, and he wins it. And then afterwards, and they're all like, come on, Darren, you can do it. Come on, Darren. And then afterwards, he dedicates it to his wife and his Wayne and his cousins are cheating in the crowd. That was Randy Prayer, but instead of his family, it was all <laughs> shady underworld figures. It was it was honestly it was wonderful. Before you talk about the main event, I want to know about this um, New Korean Pro Wrestling Association heavyweight title match. I have no idea what the new Korean Pro Wrestling Association is. Because, like, you, you, the uh, Yoon, Yoon Kang Chul, the guy who was going in defending on the previous TCW show, had wrestled Kim Duk for, for this belt. He's down Kim Duk. Kim Duk. <laughs> Kim Duk, by the way, who was under an alias on this. I believe he goes by the name of Tiger Taguchi on this show. Oh, fuck, is that the same guy? I believe so, because I, I had to look at the things. I believe Tiger T- I believe he is Tiger Taguchi. Which is yeah, really that's confusing. right. Who was what? also Tiger Chung Lee, for fuck's sake. But why was he billed as Kim Duke in the last show, and now billed as Tiger Taguchi? I think Kim Duke is, is like... I, I mean, I don't know for sure. I'm not an expert on, like, South Korean pro wrestling, but I Kim Duke, I would imagine, is the, like... Name he's known as the most purely for the fact that he was a long-time tag partner of, Kin- of Kintaro Oki in various um, 70s All Japan Tag League. So I think like there would be people of a certain age would know him uh, for that. I, I, I will mean, s- like I say, I'm not an expert. I will say, Big Boy Battles, right? I love a Big Boy Battle, right? Um, an ageing Kim Duke against Leatherface. <laughs> Fuck me, by the way. Honestly, right, it doesn't sound much... But see, when they got into the ring, everyone went, oh, fuck. F- oh, here we go. And they just smashed into each other and everyone went mental. It was, honestly, that, it was the best yeah. big boy battle I've seen all year. Kim Duke versus a shitty Leatherface. And it was... I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that uh, Samu Nishimura was in the longest match on the show, according to, and it was like, <laughs> according to probably this. Probably like eight minutes or something like that, because I, I, I looked at the cage match because it was putting this in my match of the year listings. Uh, I put all of them in my year listings, but one of them was like 104. But like, it was something that got quite high up. Um, I, I put like six of them above J- um, 
uh, Tanahashi versus Omega Wrestle Kingdom. So, uh, <laughs> Jesus, I'm just looking at this. This is Osamu Nishimura's third reign with the new Korean Pro Wrestling Association belt. I love that every time we find out something about this show, it's just even more confusing. <laughs> like, I just, it's just so mad. I would argue that like you were probably more confused than your wife. Because, like, you she know, just, she just knows that it's weird, but you know why it's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, wow. And I tried to explain, I was like, ah, oh. Like, um, yeah. It was, it was, Sam and Ishimura, they treated it like a proper big title match. Oh, I love that. And all that. And it was, it was honestly so much fun. And it was so, so good. But that, that match with um, Kim Duke in it, there was, like, one of the guys, I can't remember, it was at Hashino Suki. I think it was, it was his debut match ever, right? Apparently, it was his first ever match, right? And basically the formula of the match is clearly they went backstage and go, there's a new guy. Will we just beat the fuck out of him for 15 minutes? Yeah, that's fine. Um, so basically, like, you know how you get, like, they work the hot tag? He worked this hot tag, and I don't think he was working it. I think they were just taking liberties, <laughs> going to be honest. They were just absolutely beating the piss out of him, and it was wonderful, and they built... I can't believe you think that Leatherface would do anything untoward. <laughs> and it's like, you're building to a hot tag to Kim Duke. It doesn't sound like it's great. <laughs> honestly, it was so good. But the main event, right, now... Yeah. The main, the main event was the Heat Seekers, who I don't have a fucking clue who they are, let's be honest. But uh, they, they got they had a meet and greet and everything, so clearly some... Like, did they meet Jimmy... They must be personal friends. Um, they must be personal friends of Jimmy Suzuki. There cannot be any other reason why you would book this team. I'm just cage-matching unless, them now. Unless they are... every other team has been bought up by NXT... And this is just the only team left. They just seem to be like like Tennessee, North Carolina indie guys. Yeah, they've. I've not seen a single. I've never heard of them in my life before. I mean, I've heard of them in the sense that, like, there's probably this weird false memory. It's like, oh yeah, I know the Heat Seekers because like it's just such a like. That's a, it such sounds a, like a such a tag generic name, yeah. tag team name. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, you'd have seen them against like, you know, like some like. PWG tag team in like Kentucky or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you would have seen something. But, um, yeah, they were against Rex Steiner and Kazushi Miyamoto, right? Now, actually, I'm going to Google this to check, right? Because I don't want to be giving the wrong facts here, but I'm, I'm fairly sure this is the case. I had a fucking Google tab. Oh, no, go right to it. Kazushi Miyamoto. I just need to see a picture of him, right? Okay, right. So I think this is. It is, right. That he was even, in Wrestle 1, wasn't he? He was. That is even more incredible, right? Because I've just looked at this, right? And my suspicions have been confirmed. So, Kazushi Miyamoto, I feel that what happened is they tried to get Scott Steiner. And Scott Steiner <laughs> wasn't available. So they got Kazushi Miyamoto and Kazushi went in. He dyed his hair blonde. He got, yes. He got a chainmail vest. He came out to holler if you hear me. <laughs> <laughs> he full-on cosplayed Big Papa Pump to tag with Rick Steiner. He, he got even... banned from WrestleMania. <laughs> he threatened to physically abuse Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he, he called Matt Hardy fat. Um, Kazushi, in maths ace Kazushi Miyamoto. Um, but he, yeah, he has black hair normally, but he had blonde hair. He dyed his hair. He had a chainmail vest. They did the old... Um, Scott, uh, Rick Steiner barked between Scott's legs routine. They did all of the Steiner brothers' moves. 
That's amazing. And he, he was just he was just pretty like this guy just cosplayed as Scott Steiner for the day just to just destroy the the heat seekers. And it was honestly it was wonderful. And um, I, I mean yeah. I mean they presumably couldn't get Scott Steiner because he's like no I'm a, a Chicago guy now mate like Quack will have my ass if I work outside that promotion. Exactly. I'm surprised Quack wasn't on this. You know one of his thirty <laughs> taking on Kim Duke and like some sort of like good housekeeping match or something. I don't know. But um like yeah like it's honestly great. And then of course the real main event afterwards. Um they had meet and greets throughout the day and merch stands and all that. And um, they had like, Dan Severn, they had Rick Steiner, uh, the Heat Seekers, they had uh, Ikemen had one as well, and uh, you could go and you get autographs and stuff like that. But I don't like bothering people. I don't. Yeah. I don't generally have my pictures taken with famous people or anything like that. Ultimo Dragon is like a guy I've idolised since I was a kid. Of course, I'm taking a picture of Ultimo Dragon. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just like, but it, it was just like you know a wee picture or whatever, and you know he, he signed. I got a mask and he signed it and all that. So I, I was doing that. But generally speaking, I'm not a person to do that. Like Dragon Kid and uh, Darkness Dragon, where they're doing the same thing, and I didn't bother because I was like, no, it's alright. I'm not. I'm not that sentimental. But um. The second we knew we were going to this show, I knew that I, I there was only one person I was wanting to meet. Dan Severn waved at me. Right? <laughs> that Dan must Severn, have been terrifying. Dan Severn waved at me. He was lovely. He was just a lovely dad. Right? And he waved at me saying hello and all that. I went, all right. And Linda said, do you, do you not want to meet Dan Severn and shake his hand? I was like, no. My eyes are on the prize here, Linda. This is, I'm focused here. Way to survival to be her. I will find him because, like, I'd I'd been looking about. I wanted to buy. You know, you know the infamous survival to beat a shot. Yeah, yes, yes. I am Max, a hard rock and roller or whatever. I destroy all monsters. That one. I honestly had like save money just in case so that I could buy it if he was selling them. Right, maybe wasn't, but um, I was like, I need to find his merch stand. I'll get a picture with him and all that just because. Like it sounds really silly because he fought cardboard boxes, right? It's like there's not really any way around that, but like growing up, like growing up in terms of like watching Puro, you know, my formative years watching Puro, survival to beat was a big thing for me. I lo- I loved his matches just purely because it is. I mean, we've talked. I think we've talked about this in the podcast before. I've certainly done this at length in the Facebook group. I am a big fan of like avant-garde wrestling and people pushing it out the boundaries and out the box. <laughs> Pardon the pun. Um, you know, and just like you know playing about with the format and doing stuff that other people are not doing. And survival to be a genuinely... He was basically like Sushi Anita, but instead of fighting like Mr. Pogo, he fought guys in cardboard boxes. That's what he did. And, it was, it, it, you know, they, they had a presentation about it, and it's very comedic, and it was... And you can watch those matches, and you just absolutely love them. They're, they're so much fun. And, like, he, growing up, he's a mythical figure. I mean, there's a DVD-VR post of... Uh, like you know, they used to do the wrestler of the day, and they've done like survival to beat and stuff like that. And like, it's a mythical thing with these tapes. They were just they would end up like at the end of like your tape with six three ninety four on it. They'd always stick on like a survival to beat a match for you. <laughs> so that's how everyone learned about them, and they're just this mythical figure. You, you need a palate cleanser at the end of the day. You do right. So that was it. But um, like it's this mythical thing of like you know he's actually like, wrestling again and stuff like that, and then. Um, I, I wanted to meet him and get a picture with him just purely because of that. And I tried to explain this to my wife. I just couldn't explain it. I was just like, like I, I, re- I really love the guy. Um, but it's funny. It's so funny because I went up to him. And he was just sitting at the merch tables and that. 
as in just sitting there, he wasn't selling merch or anything like that. He was just kind of like at the end. Of, Excuse me, are you selling any merch? He didn't understand what I was talking about. And I said, like, do you have any t-shirts or anything? I said, no, no, no. I said, all right, can I get a picture with you then? And he's like, he, he said, I need to ask you a question. I said, yeah, sure. Do you know who I am? <laughs> I was like, what? He says, do, do, you, do you know who I am? I said, yes, yes, I, I, yeah, I really do. I think he thought that I was just like, oh, there's a wrestler. We've got a picture with a wrestler. And I was like, no, trust me. I know who you are. Like... I am specifically going for you, and it's not just because you're wrestling. I want a picture with you, not with anyone else. Um, and then he was like, "All right, okay." We, we took the picture and all that, and um, yeah, it, honestly, like I only met him for a moment or two, but he he was, I think he was genuinely floored that somebody wanted a picture with him. I don't think he quite understood it. He asked me where I was from and all that. I said, like, "Where are you from? From Scotland or not?" And I think that may be confu- much like when I read details about this card. I think when he said, where are you from? And, oh, I'm from Scotland. In his head, he must have gone, why is there a man from Scotland wanting a picture of me? Like, I don't I don't understand. Like, <laughs> Where's that? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it was just, it, but honestly, it was, um, but the second the show finished, I immediately left my seat and I was like, I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to find Survival to be her because I was not leaving without a picture of him because it was just, it was, just, it, was it, it was, as Alberto Rio always says, it's, it's my destiny. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, um, it, the the show was incredible. Not not in the way you you would usually say an incredible show. I mean, I went to Royal Quest. I went to both Wrestle Queendoms. I went to WrestleMania Thirty. I saw the streak end. I saw Daniel Bryan win. It's, it's not Tokyo Championship Wrestling. It's just not. It, I like. I fully implore you if you are in Japan and there is a Tokyo Championship Wrestling show on, you need to go. On the very slight chance, because they would like two or three shows a year. But um, but we put it this way: at the end, uh, when we were well, after the show, that the day after, us, and uh, my wife just turned to me and she says, "I totally understand." She just said, "David, I've got a question for you." I said, "What's up?" He says, "Why is Japanese wrestling better than everything else?" I said, "What?" It's, just, it's clearly like she's like, "Look, I've watched American wrestling. I've been to shows with you. We went to WrestleMania stuff like that." But we like we went to these shows and they blew them all away. Like Japanese wrestling's the best. It, I totally understand now why you do like the podcast and stuff like that and why you watch all this because they are just better at it than Americans and and the British and they're just the best at it. And we didn't even go to New Japan. That's the thing. And I was like, we didn't even go to a New Japan show. We went to a, a Dragon Gate Cor- Dragon Gate Corican House show. We went yeah. to get a, a show in a dentist. Yeah. And we went to an absolute patter show featuring Kim Duke, a salmon show, like people you thought had died like ten years ago, and like, and she was still like, nope, it's the best. Like Japanese wrestling is incredible. I love it. It's it's just the best. Like, and she she's not a big wrestling fan. She was just kind of coming, and I, I always I kind of felt I was like, oh, I'm dragging her to all these wrestling shows. Uh, you know, I don't want to be that guy who's just purely like, uh, a total wrestling tourist and my wife being reluctantly coming along. She had an absolute ball at every show. She loved them all. She totally understands why I watch it now. And yeah, she was even saying that yeah, I, I, I could get into Gatlin Move and all that. It's just, yeah, she loved it and so, I, it clearly so did I. Um, but yeah, it was so good. I, I need to, like, if, if she's not watched it by then, I'm sticking on uh, Mesa Ruga versus Anchamu when I come up. <laughs> yeah, um... Absolutely, yeah, um, it, it, it was great fun. But yeah, um, it was 
it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else of, of note that I should probably mention. I, yeah, I, think, I, I think I think you can like safely say that Tokyo Championship Wrestling is the worst pro wrestling on the planet. <laughs> yes, absolutely, is the worst pro wrestling on the planet. But um, yeah, um, if you if if anybody wants to go to Tokyo, although like I I would say like in terms of when we went, a lot of people always talk about going from the JR Pass and stuff like that. You know, going around to uh, going around Japan and all that. We didn't buy a JR pass. We spent a lot, we saved a lot of money by doing it, and it was just, um, you know, it's 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 really you. There's enough for you to do in Tokyo, you you know, before you even go anywhere else. So you can absolutely fill up two weeks. Um, in fact, we went to this really neat restaurant. It's like an American throwback restaurant. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called Burger King. <laughs> now that may sound like a joke, right? But honestly, right, Japanese Burger King. It's probably one of the best meals we had all 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 holiday. They're so good, and it isn't literally an American themed restaurant because everything is in English. You only play Western music. Uh, is proper. it like America Town from that episode of The Simpsons? It genuinely is pretty much like America Town, but it's just it's Burger King, and it's it's very strange because they don't play any Japanese music. They don't have any Jap. They have it. They have the the you know, the the menu in Japanese, but that's pretty much about it. Nothing else. It's you know, a full Western. It's literally just like you know your. Uh, your central station Burger King, but it's in Tokyo. Like it's weird, but it, it, honestly, it, it was actually really, really good. So that'd be my one recommendation uh, if you're going uh, to Tokyo in terms of food. Burger King, it's fucking grand. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah. The Burger Emperor as it is in uh, is is in Japan. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but yeah, uh, it's really good. I um. I want to go back. Like, I, I, just, I just want to yeah, go back. Yeah, I'm, I'm very jealous. I mean, like, the sort of long-term goal for myself and Sarah is maybe like uh, Wrestle Kingdom in 2021 or something like that because like, we're, we're basically, we're planning on going to the uh, the Caucasus um, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. next year because like, New York absolutely rinsed us. We're getting reamed on the exchange rates with, well, every currency, but especially the dollar. And um, the uh, it's an expensive city, so like, we were just paying through the nose for fucking everything so I was like I just want to go somewhere where the prices of stuff is like a quarter of what it is in this country <laughs> and just live like a king for fuck all well, and like it's, it's meant to be a really beautiful part of the world yeah and uh, like something that would be I think very interesting so like um, and then basically the money we save on that flights aside I'm sure they're fairly expensive but um, then probably Japan then but like it's it's certainly doable like I mean oh yeah um, like I, I would certainly say like I'm, I'm not going to try and sit here and pretend that I'm not I'm not in a well-paying well I'm certainly not in a well-paying job now because I've quit it but you know, um, <laughs> um but like I I'm not like um you're not between like, well-paying jobs no no not between well-paying jobs like it is, it is very much doable it does take a bit of effort you do need to save a bit of money um like and you know put money aside but is very much doable. You, if you have a plan, you can do it. And um, I mean, like, if you, you know, next three, four years, you know, book those sumo tickets now because <laughs> you'll fucking need to. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely recommend it. Um, it's, I mean, it'll be the best trip I'll go on. I like, I mean, to the point where, like, we we had always said that we were going to kind of not do places more than once if we can. We wanted to kind of go to lots of different places. So yeah. like, immediately wanted to go to like Prague afterwards, for example. But uh, I, I, I brought up the notion halfway through where I was kind of like, I don't really want to leave, to be honest. Like, I could I could see myself staying here. 
Um, but I definitely want to come back. And my wife was kind of like, mm, I want to go to other places and all that. I was like, no, I definitely want to come back. And we, we've, we've decided the G1 Climax Final and Wrestle Kingdom, at some point we'll do either, if not both of them, at some point. Yeah, and, like, I mean, people who can't afford to go to Japan, obviously not everyone can, but, like, I mean, if you're into wrestling, like, it's never been easier to um, access great Japanese wrestling uh, online or even on TV. Um, and, obviously, like, a great uh, Still Uncanceled podcast like this one. And, um, you know, all loads of, like, YMZ as a streaming service. Yeah. Like, uh, re- re- it's Yoni Armas Federation. Recently, she... Um, um, basically ended up like M- mort posted his schedule for over new year and she like replied to him plugging her show amazing um, <laughs> um that, that was very good but like so many like real small boutique uh promotions almost they've got streaming services um like there's some which um go to a lot of effort to have uh, content in english like new japan does that more and more now um ddt i remember like um mike bailey and uh, some other lad doing uh commentary for one of their uh, um all of the Tokyo Joshi Kovakin shows, uh, sorry, I think they did for DDT as well. Stardom has English uh, subtitles, um, you know, Gato Move on YouTube. You can just fucking watch Gato Move. Like, you could just go away right, right now and stick on the uh, the show that David watched, this English language commentary. Um, it'll sort of explain things to you. It's just a good time. So, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you want to go to Japan and watch the wrestling, like, have a, have a fucking great time. But, like, if it's, if it's beyond your means, there's just so much so much good shit out there like the stuff that we cover isn't even the half of it not just because like a lot of it's in the fucking 1980s or whatever oh i would say in terms of like about you going to the caucuses and stuff like that i would say i had a lot of fun on the, the plane to japan because um they had the world map of like so like you, oh I, yeah i, I love that plane. you can see where you're flying over yeah like, you... most of the places in like new england were flying over on the way to new york i was like, that's not fucking real or else they're named after like really minor towns in the home counties well i mean i have uh, here a list of let's see how many are oh a good like 40 35 to 40 russian place <laughs> names of weird places that we flew over that i was just like i wonder if this team has a place as a football team and there's just like a big list of like 35 of them. And I'm sitting diving into them to try to find out more about them. And I was like, these must be really like big towns if they're on the world map. And then I seen that Straven was on it. <laughs> so I was like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> Straven is not a big fucking place. Um, so yeah, maybe like I'm just like looking at weird Russian towns in the, in the Far East. Um, so that's what they call it in Russia, the Russian Far East. Um, and yeah, it's just... Um, I, although I will say next time we do go, we're going business class because sitting in economy class is just 12 hours it's just oh god so all these people sitting fucking it's literally like that um simpsons episode with the camp you know gentlemen <laughs> to evil it's, it's like that with business class they're sitting there literally watching like a, a fire on their television screen as he lays back and you're like jesus um but yeah uh but it's uh wonderful but um, I would say as well, if you want to go to Tokyo, um, part of this are currently 20 to 1 to beat Celtic <laughs> tomorrow. So stick on 100 quid. There you go. You've just lost 20. The uh, value of your investments may but, go down um, as well as up. <laughs> pretty much. But like, yeah, um, exactly. 20 to 1, you could go to Tokyo tomorrow and stick 100 quid on. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's wonderful. Cool, right. Um, I guess that um, just about... Uh, 
does it because I am very, very hungry. Um, it's about half ten here. I haven't had dinner yet. Um, but I mean, I could have had dinner, but I was playing Final Fantasy VIII, so it is my own fault. But um, uh, so, yeah, just to plug stuff that we've got. Firstly, check out ProWrestlingOnly.com to explore other podcasts, along with match reviews, features and retrospectives, reviews of wrestling books, video games and matches, playlists, wrestler appearances in non-wrestling TV shows and movies, and more. You can also join the conversation by signing up at the PWO forums. We've been online for over a decade, and with over 2,000 registered members and an archive of over 4 million threads, our message board is a vibrant community all its own. Whether you want to talk about a specific match in our match discussion archive, take a deep dive in the microscope forum, or discuss more general topics from wrestling's past and present. Check out all of this and more at www.prowrestlingonly.com. Yeah, pretty good at that now. I'm like spitting flows like fucking Twister over here. Um, so, um, and sort of... Um, uh, other other plugs for, uh, for for our own shit. Um, uh, my main one is that the um, uh, the novel, the Rise and Fall of Ricky Dozan, is now currently available to buy on Amazon. You can buy it for I think it's two pound forty nine for a electronic copy for your Kindle and uh, fourteen pound ninety nine for a print on demand paperback, which is rather amazing. They print them in Poland and they'll happen to you within the week. Um, it is a um, somewhat lengthy, but I feel rewarding uh, book. So yeah, you get a lot of um, lot of reading for your money, uh, exploring the phenomenon of Ricky Dozan, the first pro wrestling superstar in Japan. What his, uh, I guess, I guess uh, output in the ring and the sort of culture around him meant to the country as it uh, tried to rebuild itself after the Second World War and defeat to America. Ricky Dozan fighting the evil American that beating them is obviously a big part of that. And looking at such uh, hot-button issues as race, identity, belonging, and uh, people being eventually disappointed by their heroes. So if if you're up for an interesting novel set in the world of pro wrestling, then I would very much recommend checking that out. Uh, David, what about yourself? Um, oh, um, v- uh, various things, I'm guessing. Um, I have a blog, which, seeing as I have nothing to do in my life now, uh, I will be updating over the next couple of weeks. It's fahademnamur.wordpress.com. Um, about all my footballing adventures. Um, I'm woefully behind on it. Um, I'm currently at 26 games to the season, and I've done about four of them. So you, you know, you're still ahead of where you were gonna... at, um, uh, like last season. Like it wasn't that recently because I, I remember remarking to Sarah, I was like always oh, on 2019. <laughs> like, that yeah. was almost at the end of the season, I think. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll be doing that. Um, as well as that, um, go to fastpunk.bandcamp.com, um, where you can download, you can um, buy some of uh, some weird music that I've made. I would certainly suggest doing that. All the wrestling themed ones, purely because I'm skint and could do it. Um, and as well as that. Uh, I'm sure there was something else I was going to plug and I'm totally fucking blanking. Um, two things. No, I think that's, that's pretty much I mean, me. like, like um, uh, Wade Barrett, you have uh, done a very good job of uh, enticing people to sample your wares, so... Um. Yeah, um, but yeah, pretty much. Just go to the WordPress blog and buy some stuff off Fastbook. That, that'll be us. Um, oh, and... And um, have you plugged our stuff? Oh shit, no, we've got Twitter, at Pro Podcast. <laughs> we've got a SoundCloud, uh, Pro Pro Podcast, and also we're on iTunes. Um, if you feel like uh, leaving us a review, uh, uh, positive if you could, that'd be nice. Um, I don't know if we have any reviews yet, so uh, your uh, thing could very much make a difference. Uh, I, I think I might have given us a review. What, just to like... Um, it's good that you're admitting it uh, as numbers. well. That's, uh, it's like, nice to be transparent oh, about yeah. these things. 
I, I think I made it like plainly obvious that I had it was me though. To be fair, well, it's not nice there's absolutely you know, no like checks on these things on the part of uh, Apple. So that's uh, that's uh, makes me feel very yeah. very happy that a lot of our data is uh, in their hands. Uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean there's one review here. Um, the six three ninety four podcast would have gave it six and a half, but it wasn't a Tokyo Dome, so five minutes. <laughs> It definitely wasn't me. Excellent. Um, um, but yeah. yeah, just like again, like similarly, if you enjoy the novel and uh, you can you can review it on Amazon or on uh, Goodreads. Um, I got a very nice five star review from my best mate from school's mum, so that was nice. Um, but you know, also people I don't know personally. If you want to uh, chip in with your thoughts, so I'm always very um, happy to receive feedback and uh, all, all the rest of that jazz. So. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. We will be back with our next episode, and we should have Daniel with us uh, then. And what we are going to do is to um, cover... I mean, we did on our previous sort of main timeline episode, if you like. We covered uh, Japanese wrestlers on World of Sport. Now we are going to be covering Japanese wrestlers in 21st century Brit rest, that uh, strange, beguiling and nonce-filled beast. So um, we will be co- yeah, covering three more matches um, featuring Japanese wrestlers in... Uh, various uh, dilapidated ice hockey stadia in uh, across the uh, breadth of our fair isle uh, so uh, do look forward to that um in the meantime i have been uh, george thompson and with me david forrest and signing off until next time and god bless us everyone and the barrett family traveled with blake's holidays their boat which sleeps six cost 441 pounds for a week that's 73 pounds 50 per person and 47 pounds extra for the dinghy Details of this and all the holidays featured on this week's programme are on CFAX, page 688. And that's just about it for another show. Next week, we have a very special edition of the programme when we'll be coming live from the opening day of an exciting new exhibition designed to help you plan your holidays more easily. The BBC's Holiday Live exhibition opens next Tuesday at Olympia in London and it promises to be the best and the liveliest of leisure and travel shows. From there, we'll have reports from Sue Cook in Tunisia. Kathy Taylor visits a health farm. And I'll be unveiling our first prize, two weeks of luxury in Australia. You can enter the competition there, so why not come along to the show? It opens at 10 o'clock. So join me and Eamon Holmes live from Olympia next Tuesday evening. Until then, goodbye. more people join Television X than any other adult channel.